Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hi, Jackie Cation here. You're listening to The Dork Forest. You know the websites, dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com. If you like a determiner, jackiecation.com has everything. Both of my podcasts, all of the stand-up stuff, the new album, links to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. But so I think does dorkforest.com, where you can look at old videos of different shows. Anyway, if you want to support the show, tell people about the show, review it on iTunes, thumbs it up on Pandora or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate that. You can donate. You can donate monthly. PayPal lets you do that. You can also do my Venmo if you like. It's at Jackie Cation absolutely everywhere. And my email address is Jackie at JackieCation.com. And that's what the PayPal is. The PayPal link is on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. And go to any of them. Thanks for listening. There's merch. There's stand-up. There's tour guide. You know, you can find out where I'm touring. This is getting long. So let's get into the show. Jackie Cation. I'm in my garage. It's still warm, Los Angeles, but now I'm with the other half of the Blackout Diaries uh, podcast. Mr. C.J. Sullivan, welcome to the program. Hey, Jackie. Great to see you, as always. As always. And here's a scoop on C.J. Sullivan. It's C.J. Sullivan, C as in C, J as in J, Sullivan as in SullivanComedy.com. At Mm. C.J. Sullivan was taken on Instagram. He has a new album called What Am I Complaining About? And you can get that wherever you get albums. Feel free to knock yourselves out and do that. Uh, your dorkdom, C.J. Sullivan. Are you a Chicago comic? I am originally a Chicago comic, yes. I'm not originally from Chicago, but I moved there very young and came up there with all those uh, with the, people with the, that you know of. Peoples. Awesome. Yeah. All you the are people. wearing the perfect sunglasses for your yeah. dorkdom, by the way. I'm doing a costume for that. I, was, I, was, I, I believe in the uniform for sure. Well played because this is the Dork Forest safe space. Mm-hmm. Let us. You enjoyed gambling, the history, yes. the, the experience, the, the future. All of it. What? So I love it. Are- I will say real quick. I had a little anxiety coming on the yeah. show just because I had to think of something that I enjoyed, you know, mm-hmm. and I get it to Dork Fest. And I'm like, wow, I really don't. You know, I mean, I, I, tolerate, I tolerate things, like things, things, you know. Yeah. Right. But then you, once you get into them, I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. When you, you start, you start knowing all these things about it. You know, like, I guess I guess uh, I should admit that I, know, this is, this I just did life. an episode. I did an episode with a guy who at the end of it, like a half an hour after we we sort of hung up, he goes, oh, my God, I love to bake. What just happened? <laughs> and I'm like, too late, brother. Well, I'll yeah. do it next year. And uh, <laughs> but that's um, great. So it's a yeah, self-discovery show as well. Yeah. And everybody loves something, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's I mean, if it's a nightmare, I don't want to talk to you about it for an hour, quite honestly. <laughs> but uh, but if it's something just weird and you're like. Uh, my favorite story, Kathy Ladman didn't want to be on the show. She's like, the only thing I like that much is is knitting and knitting isn't dorky. What? And I was like, I don't mean to burst your bubble. over here. Uh, yeah, That's pretty dorky. <laughs> and everything's dorky. Like I, I've done. Everything like, is dorky. If, if you're passionate about it, you can be dorky. Yeah, yes. that's it. I just it, it's just a you dork out about it because it's it's something you love a great deal. Um and all cosplay is cosplay, right? Right. And absolutely. A three hundred dollar NFL Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers sweatshirt or what? Uh, jersey. 
the, you're a dork about the Green Bay Packers, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sports and comic books, all those things, they're the same exact thing. They they just have, they just have better costumes. They're better at it. But you're yeah, yeah. still dressing up. I mean, you you're know, dressing you're, up. you're wearing horns. Theirs goes just right to the head. That's it. And my my buddy who's got a Pixies T-shirt because he knows all the riffs just in case they need him to step in. <laughs> that guy's a dork, too. So we're all we're all in this together. You guys absolutely. just own it. All right. So you got some. Now, I've heard my father is a bit of a dork. Uh, I want to get to the the last guy, Jimmy the Greek, who mm-hmm. I know his name and I have seen him on sort of a ticker tape cable channel. Yes, he's a, he's one of the most famous gamblers of all time. Jimmy the Greek. He was okay. uh, he got national fame. I mean, he was in. Uh... Is he Greek? You know what? You're, you, we're going to find out a lot in this next hour, Jackie. There's a, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of the Greeks in here. There's a lot of there's a very early nickname. And uh, if, if if you were if you had that nickname, the Greek, you're probably going into the life of gambling somehow. You're like, right, right. Kind of- if, if somebody's saying, "Hey, Jackie DiArmo, let's uh, let's talk about," <laughs> and you're like, well, "I also sell rugs." Okay, so what? Uh, yeah, so was he Greek? Uh, yeah, he was the Jimmy the Greek from Steubenville, Ohio, with he was friends with like Dean Martin and those guys out there. So they were that's when they were the, that's, that's why he got they, famous. Right. And they would talk to each other like that. And he was like the first he was kind of like the first like uh, handicapper. He was famous for um, like that whole the Super Bowl three, the biggest Joe Namath upset of all time. They, they said like it was a 19 point favor when Joe Namath guaranteed a victory. But like he he invented that point spread and never really existed. It was just Jimmy the Greek. Oh, then, OK. Yeah. So he kind of so- like made the, he brought gambling to the mainstream as far as sports gambling goes and is that sports gambling let's talk about sports gambling yep. because there is there's handicaps yep and there's a spread mm-hmm. and there's um odds i understand the word odds you're doing great uh i'm doing great so but what is so what does a spread really mean okay well the spread is um two teams are going to play each other and uh, one might be very much better than the other one. So in order to make it even as far as gambling goes, the, the odds makers, okay, Jimmy, the Jimmy, the Greeks of the world would put a spread on it, meaning I, my team is going to beat your team by at least 10 points. So they say minus 10. OK, so I'll say if I like Jackie's team, they can lose, but just by less than 10 points, then you're still going to win the bet. So it kind of makes it makes the betting part of it even even oh. though the contest itself is not going to be even. it's a learning curve it's a bell it's, curve essentially absolutely it's a little there, advantage there we go and then is that the same kind of as a handicap do you know what a handicap is well a handicap is kind of like the art of that's actually, when you play right right it's kind of yeah it's kind of like breaking down the uh, analysis of it like you handicap it you're trying to like figure out the spread and figure out what what, what side you're going to take Okay. And uh, and now that I just thought of that, I'm like, I wonder if the handicapped hate that it's called the handicap. Anyway, <laughs> well, well, golf, there's a, golf, there's a handicap, which is also very similar where like, right? you have different numbers and uh, like one's a, a handicap. The lower lower handicap is the better number. So like okay. a two is better than a 10. So if you're playing a two versus 10, that means you have an eight difference in handicap. You get that you'll get eight strokes to oh, make it even. OK, so so like they'll start at eight and you'll start at zero. And basically, basically. Yes. and then yeah, you're yeah. like, well, I got a 78 and then they're like, well, I also got a 78, but they also but really you, got a 70. Right. OK, so the one if you both got 78, the one who's getting eight shots would have won there. Right. The one who has a 10. Right. OK, which is mm-hmm. a, a 10. That's where that's where that loses me is what is when they say the number. Well, then you have a 10. 
right. or you have a negative <laughs> 10. You're like, well, why wouldn't we still be using the number eight? That's the weird thing. <laughs> Where, what's the 10 mean? Do you have any idea? Or is, am I just making muddying the waters? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about a lot of hypotheticals right now. We're talking, sure. So uh, I just so like, like I just came up with 10, meaning that yeah. I, I said uh, eight was the difference between 10 and two. I was just okay. saying that if someone had a 10, oh, okay. someone had a two. Okay. You know oh, if their mean? handicap was a ten, and the other right, person's handicap right. was a two, that's an eight. Yep. In, an eight point difference in between the two, those two humans that yes. are playing the game. Yep. There you Thank go. You. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have learned a thing. So, okay. Any good Jimmy the Greek stories? Well, Jimmy the Greek is uh, famous Damon for thing. He's, yeah. he's famous for a lot of things. He was in Cannonball Run too, for crying out loud. <laughs> Speaking friends with those guys, um, bringing gainful and but, but he, unfortunately, he had a tragic ending. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of gamblers did. He, Shocking, uh, right? Yes, he, he was fi- he was fired from CBS famously. If you Google it, for, okay, um, he said a uh, he said a racist comment at a at a like a, was that was that a good function for a Martin Luther King dinner? I think, and he was it's it's a weird video where he's very he's trying to compare he's trying to say why uh, <laughs> black athlete is better. And he's trying. It's like like a lot of racist things. They try to act like it's intelligent, but it's oh, just like you know, it just falls apart because you're just, just like that's apart. actually racist. Yes, you're just and like an, how about that guy worked harder, did more right. setups, and yeah. uh, and it turns out he is black. Right, he's going for natural selection. But what's amazing is he's doing the quote, and he he can see the quote getting away from himself. <laughs> As it's wow. happening, there's video of it because he's 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 very drunk when it happens. Oh, and right. It's, and it's and it's getting away from him. And he's just like smiling. He's like, you're not going to air this. He's like, yeah, you and he's like, you really. Yep, you are going to air this. All right. Well, well, uh, I guess that's it for me being on TV. He kind of like signs off like this. is What, what year it, was you know? that? That was in the 80s, I believe. OK. And, um, yeah, I remember Saturday Live actually doing a good skit about it afterwards. Phil Hartman played Jimmy the Greek. Okay, that and makes Kevin perfect. Does, yeah, oh, that would have been kind of things. awesome. And yeah, he would have he had a good retirement because there's a casino in Vegas wanted to make an entire sports book called Jimmy, the Jimmy the Greek sports book and has him, at, you know, his name, blah, blah, blah. And said, but he, but he refused because he didn't want his name associated with gambling, which is very odd. That is ironic. For that the is most ir- famous gambler. Yeah, and for a guy time. who probably bought houses right. uh, based on exactly. his, his, his odds calling and his yeah. was he a famous gambler himself? Or oh, of course. One time odds? I'll tell a quick fun Jimmy Greek story. Sure. Uh, if, if he was losing a lot at the racetrack, this is a fun, famous story of his like he would bet on every single horse in, a, in one race, a ticket, like a two dollar ticket on every single horse just so he would have the winner. No matter, it didn't matter if he lost money on it. So when right. the horse, so when the horse came in, he'd slap it down on the table like I got it, number seven, and get to the winner, even though he lost like a hundred dollars because he bet on all the, all the horses in the race. How many horses are in a race? Well, it depends on the race, obviously. Uh, um, yeah, uh, but usually, is there an average? Yeah, usually between eight to ten around there. Okay, but it can be so, smaller, can be bigger. Kentucky Derby okay. has a lot because everyone wants to win, so there's like twenty. Okay, so does it max out around twenty? Yeah, that's usually a pretty big race. Unless you're in Europe, funny. They sometimes they'll have super races. They call them with like 40, 60 horses, and like half of them don't even black, don't even survive it. Like they, they just go out. And oh just, my gosh! They just go out into the woods. They'll weed and, off. Right, just weed off, going to <laughs> different people's properties on the highways. <laughs> just go around and, around. and yet they are being ridden. One would imagine by some they sort of jockey ridden. person, but yeah. the jockey's <laughs> like, "Yeah, we're, this is going to happen. Let's go get a sandwich." And uh, so that is hilarious. Um, Okay, well, what about sure. Billy Walters, who started at nine? What started is- nine years old. I kind of kind of legal. 
Now it's not legal, but that does remind me of me. I also, uh, when I was in, I remember taking my friend's lunch bets, like in seventh, eighth grade or sixth grade, we would rip out, I would rip out the point spread of the courier post in South Jersey. And you rip out in like the little square of the point spreads and hand them out and take dollar, $5 bets. So that's a, uh, that's what I kind of, uh, that's insane. Yeah. CJ Sullivan. Yeah. That's yeah, a story that I need to hear more about. Where is your family? Uh, a gambling family. Yes, of course. We were from the East Coast, and it just kind of goes with the territory. I had an uncle. I don't want uncles a cop. One uncle's a bookie, so they kind of uh, right, right. How was Thanksgiving there? Powered off to each other. <laughs> that so depends. The- depends on who covered. Depends on who didn't. You know, Thanksgiving okay. was Thanksgiving yeah. was always up in the air. Okay. But um, yeah. But that's like a story where I don't. When I look back now, I'm like, yeah, I guess that is kind of odd. Like when I just saw your reaction there, I'm like, yeah, I guess sixth graders didn't usually take their friends' bets. Right, you know, right. Hoping. Mm-hmm. Right. But and you knew how to do it because of your uncle. Yes, of course. And I would, I would study and like we would watch. Like, for, he he worked at a uh, he had a newspaper stand up in the Harford, which I he was a caricature. Yeah, of course. Okay. And, I really, and, and I didn't realize, like, oh, these are fronts. These are actually these are actual things for movies that are that are real. And right. I'm like, man, this is a very popular newsstand. Like, people <laughs> will come in here a lot, slide a magazine over and, you know, not take anything back and then leave like that. I gotta just give you something. How does the store work? <laughs> I'm like, this is the most, most profitable store in the city. Is he still working or is he retired? He is uh, not. A, he's not a book anymore, but yeah, he's, no, no. He, he does a little no. bit of business, but he's basically he's kind of retired. Yeah. Right. right. Well, you got to you, you got to make you, you got to make sure that everybody's because my father mm-hmm. is also uh, has always been peripherally working. He has a sure he loves to gamble. He's not good at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost no one is. No, one uh, is. he's not terrible at it, but I did always want a bike. Uh, let me just say that. <laughs> and uh, but the uh, the. um the crazy so the uh yeah so so when you were a child you understood so you're you're taking bets in sixth grade on the football games not yeah, on the horses right not on the horse no you'd understand but it makes you understand that it's a it's um the only way you do win is if you are the guy taking the bets and not making the bets right because you take a cut of each bet right you get 10 percent or is right it- there's a term you want to add to your glossary jackie um this is you can be called the vig which is stands oh. for, short for vigor. Yep. Or also known as the juice or a um, taste or a taste uh, is absolutely. So if you wanted to, uh... right. So if you wanted to bet a hundred dollars on your, uh, on your Vikings, then you would bet a hundred and ten dollars. 10% is the vig in okay. order to win a hundred. And so I, if you lose, I want to keep a hundred, 110, but if you win, you get the hundred. Okay. So that, so that way, if you bet on the Vikings and then someone else bets on the Packers and they're playing each other, I'm going to make $10 either way. You're gonna make twenty bucks, won't you? Well, one will win. So, oh right, right. If, if they're playing each other, you know what I mean. Okay, so one. So if I'm betting on uh, the football team and I want to bet a hundred dollars, it's right. gonna cost me a hundred and ten dollars. Yes, but I'm gonna get my hundred back and another hundred. The other yeah, person, if you 100? win, if not I the other win. person's mine. I've, I've on the book, but which okay. I do want to say to the listeners, I'm not a bookie, by the way. You are not a bookie. Yeah. No, no. But this is all very hypothetical. Left that back in sixth grade. Exactly. And no, and it, it can all whatever. It's fine. Yeah, so right. uh, the, the hundred bucks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm back to the math again. We're going to yes. take a deep dive into what okay. the math of that looks like, because I don't see it. Okay. Here's the scoop. Uh, 
I play blackjack occasionally. Yep. And when I sit at that table, I say to myself, well, I'm going to lose a hundred dollars mm. and have a nice time. And then two hours later, I get up and, uh, and I've that's lost pretty good. Two, that's two, right. two hours, a hundred dollars. A blackjack table is pretty good. That's real nice. I like a five dollar, mm-hmm. ten dollar blackjack table. I don't like I'm not going to change the world here. I agree. Uh, yeah. So but the. The the betting on the on, on a football game is interesting to me because of you're you're essentially both people are paying one hundred and ten dollars. Yes. One person will get two hundred dollars when it's over. They'll get two hundred and ten back because okay. they'll, they'll get the original one hundred and ten that they bet and then one hundred dollar profit. OK, that uh, I see. So you know they I mean? won't have to pay the bit. They won't have to pay the the. Tapes, no, no, right? right. They're paying 110 to win 100, so they'll get okay. two. They'll get 210 back. The they'll origin, get their the original, original bet, right? Original okay. bet and the profit. And if you lose, you lose 110. You lose 110. That's so, it. So the casinos or the books' job is to have even balanced bets coming in. So you bet on the Vikings, and someone else bets on the Packers. They're both paying 110. They're playing each other. No matter who wins, they're going to win 10 dollars. They're going to get ten dollars. And if yeah. they can get a million people to do that. And apparently they have. Yeah. Right. Right. Turns out they're those things. So build themselves. <laughs> right. And uh, the, uh, which I feel obligated to tell the Rangers of the world that uh, I don't care about football. But okay. if I were to care about football, I would have to bet on the Packers because I'm from Wisconsin, Wisconsin. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Minneapolis comic, you. many much like yourself with the Chicago yes, comedy, Minneapolis comedy. Minneapolis sure. comedy. That's it. And uh, so, uh, so Billy Walters, who started Billy Walters, at nine, yeah, started at nine. He also became just real quick about him. He's famous for being the most successful sports gambler of all, of all time. And uh, he was like very huge. And he's been on 60 minutes talking about it. He's called the, he started what they called a syndicate where he gets a bunch of other heavy hitters, whales, if you will. And they, they join forces and then they spread their action around just because they, they're like, they're some of the few people that actually move lines. If you know what that means, we're like, I make a bet the lines minus three on the Packers, meaning they're favored by three points. Okay. And then Billy, Billy Walters bets on the Packers like a million dollars, whatever he does, the line will come down and he'll move the spread itself. The Vegas will move the line because of his influence and how, what, you know, how much they respect so, his betting. Right. So it'll, so it'll come down like two or one or something. So it'll change the bet and it'll change. It'll go the, up. I mean, yeah, whatever. Of it um, it'll And will the people who are, who bet on that and including himself make sort of a lower percentage because he, well, he'll get, he'll get the number that he bets it at. And then everyone okay. else will get a worse number because it'll be moved because After. of his bet right afterwards. Okay. And so if you bet before him and they, they can't change it after, right? That's the difference between horse racing and sports betting. Horse, horse racing, racing can change. In the yeah. Moment? Horse racing. You get the odds, what it goes off at. Okay. Sports betting. You get it. What you place the bet at. It can't change oh. once you get the bet in. Okay. Cause, and uh, when, so the horse racing, the, the, what you put, what the odds are, are locked in when the race begins right with with football is that baseball too yes all sports is what you lock it in horses is a prorated as they say it it depends on the pool of the money involved in the okay gambling so if like everyone's betting the one horse and the odds are gonna be very low you know but if everyone no one's betting the five horse you put a little 10 bucks on them you're gonna get really good odds on it that Fair has nothing enough. to do with sports. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's uh, that. That's it's the gambling that interests me. I mean, mm-hmm. I th- famously, 
and when I was 19, I came home from college. Yeah, let's hear it this. It was Christmas Eve. Uh, for some reason, my stepmother's working. My father is also ostensibly working and he's always working. He's always trying to make a sale. He's always trying to sell some siding. He's always got some, you know, he's making a delivery for some bag man. Things are (laughs) happening. He's constantly (laughs) at work. But for some reason, Christmas Eve, I'm home. I'm alone. He comes into the house and I'm like, hey, dad, you want to go get coffee or something? He's like, I'm going to the track. Do you want to go to the track? Mm. And I said. Is that going to be our father daughter moment? And he goes, <laughs> I'm going to the track. Did right. you want to come with me? They you have coffee. Label it all you want. Yes. And I was like, OK. <laughs> and so I'm 19 and I think we're going to go to a track. Mm-hmm. We did not go to a track. We went to the saddest building I've ever been uh, in my life. And I do stand up comedy. I've done yeah. the jukebox <laughs> at Peoria. Uh, we went to an off track betting yeah. facility in in Waukegan, Illinois, on mm. Christmas Eve, mm. where okay. I literally saw what possibly might be 50 or 60 of the saddest 50 year old men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and we had coffee and uh, we bet on horses and neither oh. I lost $20 and I have no mm. idea what he lost, but then we went home. You make uh, Jack, you make me nostalgic when you say these things. I mean, <laughs> my dad, my dad would always go to the track and they'd bring me as well. And, um, not a you horse know, in sight, by the way. Not, and and, and the OTBs streets. don't exist. And OTBs don't exist anymore. I love those places, OTBs. They, there's like one or two almost like in the country remaining. And I wonder I, if that one in Waukegan is still there. I, it's, I don't know. It's, I, I'm going to go ahead and say no, just because okay. I know how the rest of the country is. And, uh, <laughs> In the big cities, but those were those were some real characters too. There, OTBs. Those were the real deal. I mean, hipsters hipsters pay five hundred dollars for them to wear an outfit like these guys. They're like some guy named Catfish down there, you know, <laughs> at an OTB. But my dad one time, you know, he would always come back from the track, and he'd never he exactly you never know if he won or lost. Ah, won a few dollars, lost a few dollars. What he'd say. But right. one time, I'm never going to know how mad my mom was. He brought home artwork from the track because they were going out of business, just like these OTBs. The track was going out, of, and he bought artwork from the Garden State Raceway in New Jersey and, and thought that, you know, he was going to hang up some artwork from the racetrack and uh, got a good deal. On it. Yeah. yeah, it's still in the garage, but it's it was. Uh... That is hilarious. I have uh, while you told what is actually a hilarious story and I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though Lori Kilmartin would make fun of me for waiting off. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, so the Waukegan, Illinois uh, trackside off track betting green oaks. Yep. Green Oaks, Illinois, permanently closed, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. It's got a year on that? Uh, Libertyville, Illinois. When did that close? Let's find out. I, mean, I, would, um, I, I'm, I would definitely guess early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Um, um, did they have a nice spread on Christmas Eve? By the way, I'm kind of interested in that Christmas Eve you had there. That that, that Christmas that yeah, exactly. What was the what was the, what was the big looking like there? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. It's it's what always the juice. What was the way? What did it look like there? I'm kind of interested. It got a 4.5 on Yelp or, or Google when it was. I mean, look at the. I mean, literally the photos of this place. I mean, that guy. Everyone that, has everyone has a handicap there. Not to use problematic. That guy language. was there. Yeah, that guy was hanging out there. How, how many of that? That guy was my dad's friends at all times when <laughs> I was guy, a child. That guy burned it down for insurance. I think. <laughs> right. Well, thank God it was insured. Let's just say <laughs> that was always a comment. And then it was always just 
Yeah, I don't know if they're they're playing Keno. I don't understand. Yes, that was the thing. You know, the raffles going on. Right, there's some sort of bingo. Is there a chair? Is there a Catholic church right close? What was happening? Is there a father daughter Christmas Eve thing going? (laughs) Bonding time. I mean, anything could be happening. We did. did, uh, There was uh, it. You know, other bonding times with my father were usually he would come to see me do stand up, and then he'd Mm -hmm. go, "Let's go get some coffee. I'll give you notes." (laughs) 45 minutes of notes about how I was I was pitching the jokes too fast. Slow it down. Yeah, slow it, slow it down. Language. That's what I would get a lot. That's, and then uh, that was basically it. You know, and, well, it's and interesting. He, he, mispr- he mispronounced a few names like that. Jerry Seinfeld. He seems to be <laughs> Have you thought it? Did you call NBC? <laughs> Have you asked them? I was like, no, no, I have not. Dad. Weirdly enough. So Brandon Lang, a tout. Brandon Lang, this is this is more of a uh, humorous one. <clears throat> he is a tout, which is a uh, these are people that um, they're they're con artists or scam artists and they're yeah. liars, which I kind of enjoy. It, the movie with uh, Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey, yeah, two, two for the money. I don't know if you remember. It was a, it was a horrible movie. Okay, um, but it was based on this guy and this guy, and they they would do things with they like. You can still they're not as I mean, they're still around, but they used to be around really prevalent in the 80s where they'd have like hot phone hotlines to call 976 numbers and they guarantee, you know, they guarantee winners. And they say stuff like we have secret information that that books don't want you to know, you know, only can it's, it's yeah. one of those things we call up and they do scams like uh, let's go back. Let's just stick with the Packers and Vikings playing each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they say we'll guarantee you a victory, you know, guarantee you winning or your money back. And they did have two phone lines and one phone line would say the Packers are going to win. The other line would say the Vikings are going to win. And oh, whoever wow. and whoever loses, they would just disconnect that phone line and you would never hear from them again. Right. And but, oh, my but, God. But they're showsmen. You know, what I mean, they're kind of like I'm kind of fascinated. I'm fascinated by anyone who can captivate an audience like that. Like, even like to, like to people like Joel Osteen, things like that. People that just like, you know, have like can talk to an audience for hours like that, even though, you know, obviously they're con men. Right. But like, obviously they're not using their powers for good. Right. It's, not at all. It, but, yeah. You know what I mean? As a comedian, I'm like, I'm intrigued by it. You know what I mean? Bird's eye view is always, I mean, the thing is, is what it does is watching those people when I was a child mm-hmm. and having my father point out what, what they were doing. Yeah. Made me more aware of like, I haven't listened to a politician speak. Right. Since Clinton, mm. uh, I read the speeches okay. because I cannot. I can see the lies easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is when it's, when, when that, all that charm is washing over me. It just makes me want to wash. I'm just like, I can't possibly. Yeah, it's very dirty. It's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel honest. And the thing is, is my father in many like his sales pitch, it doesn't. I, I used to be like, I don't like it, dad. It, it doesn't fe- it feels like you're selling mm. a bill of goods. And he's right. like, you know, that this is the thing I love the most. And you make fun <laughs> of it. And I'm not cheating anyone or stealing anyone. People need windows and doors and awnings. They do. And, and, they, and they need to be influenced. They really and, do. Like sometimes they need to be assisted, if you will. Right. It was buying. like you're just like, you should buy this. This is something right. you want. It's I'm not. He's like, I'm not selling Kirby vacuum cleaners on a payment plan to people in the inner city, you know, <laughs> and then taking the vacuum cleaner back. Right? right. I mean, that was the the Kirby vacuum cleaner scam that I some people I knew did back in the 80s. And I was like, that's not cool. I mean, just go sell no, something that people actually want. And 
you are upselling them a thing, but they will actually be psyched that they got a better phone, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, or whatever. But so my dad used to actually tell me um, that he would tout uh, different <laughs> I don't know if this was true. Grain of salt with all Elliot Cation stories <laughs> uh, at the casino. He yes. would he would actually tout different slot machines. Really? And I was like, what were you getting out of that? He yeah. was like, well, sometimes they would win. And it was a real clock eater. And uh, and I was like, you are a bored man who needs to talk to strangers. And he was like, I am. And That's amazing. I mean, so, it's, it is. And they're very similar to. Uh, preachers until where they're preying on pe desperate people which is the sad part but that's if you can where, yeah right but if you can see the trick like i remember just like uh, you can watch the trick like happen like you know they're lying to you but like man there's something there's something that they that they they, they get to you know the trick is like well maybe maybe he does have something what do i know what have i been doing this whole time you know <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the hell's going on maybe he does have something and well, then you fall for it and that's how these people become president Yes. Right. <laughs> and well, that's I did ask my dad. I was like, do you think Donald Trump could win the presidency? And he said, you can't tell. I right. can't call it. It's yeah. it's impossible to call it because that guy sometimes makes the sale. Right. And you're like, I don't know how he made the sale. Everyone knows he's an idiot. Everyone knows that it's the worst thing in the world to do. And then he makes the sale and then he's insufferable to be around. And you're like, Oh my God, that's exactly what's happened. That was, and yeah. that was the most shocking thing of all, like, how transparent it was that it was a con, but they, people just didn't care. And that, that, that's what like, kind of like shocked me the most. Like, wow, people just don't care. They know, they know it. They know he's full of shit, but they don't care. But the they, thing like, is, is they like do the they, right. Do they, I mean, it's willful ignorance on the part of like terrible people, like right. people who are like, well, he's forwarding my, crazy racist agenda mm -hmm. so i'm gonna let that be i'm not gonna hang out with him or his crazy family but uh and i know that they're the trash that they are but uh they are forwarding what i could possibly you know my agenda yeah and then there's other people who are so like they weren't raised to see the bird's eye view of right yeah, there's definitely a there's definitely a portion that doesn't know that right. they're being con, and I I understand that, but there's a big portion that does. But in that portion that doesn't, you know, which is definitely sad because I definitely feel like they're victims almost, kind of like the way. Well, they're, they're told because you know they're, in, they're they, he knows the buttons and they know like, there's a formula to it, you know, and they're yeah. pushing whatever they're pushing yeah. things that they want to hear right. and they need to hear. And my dad was would always say things like, you know, who are the most gullible people who buy things salesmen. Because mm. we're just we're sitting there watching the pitch like it's TV. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, yeah, that's you're funny. right. And uh, I was like, <laughs> and hence he would buy things. <laughs> you know, it's funny that uh, that in gambling, the uh, poker dealers or in dealers itself and blackjack dealers, all those dealers, they're they're all gamblers and they're all the worst gamblers, just like the salesmen, because they watch and they see they see everything that goes on and they see people lose their money and all that stuff. And like, well, well I, I can be I know what not to do. You know, and they think right. they, they think they gained the system and then they go out there and, and they're the worst of them all. So what do you like to play? I do play everything. I used to play poker a lot. I still do. But uh, right. That changed a bit because everyone kind of got good at it. And the, adva <laughs> and the advantage was not as, uh, as great. <laughs> was not as clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, now I'm playing too. Cool. Now the odds are actually not mm -hmm. entirely in my yeah. favor. And it's a lot of work, too. And I used to, I mean, I used to do a lot. And like and you have to put, you know, you can't. You can't half-ass that, and you can't half-ass comedy. That's what I was doing. I was kind of split in between, and um, then I kind of looked around one day. I'm like, I don't really want to 
be around these people my entire life, you know, I guess, so I kind of veered off oh. of that, but I still go back and do it and, and I do it less, which is much more enjoyable. But right, play, you do it uh, sort of as a, as like, I'm going to yes. take a couple hundred dollars or whatever you could afford Absolutely. to lose. Right. And then just go and I'm going to have fun. And if I win, then that's super fun. Yeah. So I'll do table games as well. I'll play craps is a lot of fun. Poker's not fun. See, if I go with friends to a casino, I won't play poker because that's not fun. You're sitting around. You got to be patient. It's a lot of work. Okay. And, and like uh, poker with your friends is fun, but poker yep. with strangers is not, you know. But, okay. But if I'm playing blackjack or craps or roulette, that's fun, you know, because you can scream and things like that. So roulette feels mm-hmm. incredibly arbitrary, right? Because yep. you're picking colors, right? Yeah. Well, that's funny to say. There's a lot of these gamblers that we will get to. They play big time roulette, which is kind of weird. They play inside. They don't play outside. Okay. Now, now, if you look at it, it is definitely a ball spinning around a wheel that's also spinning around. So it seems <laughs> very absolute sure dumb luck. Yeah. But there are numbers to a system. I'm going to give you a little. I'm going to give all your listeners a little tip here. Uh, little tip, you guys coming yeah, this, in. This is your first tip from Uncle Siege here. Um, <laughs> now, roulette, where people make mistakes when they bet on the inside of roulette, is that the numbers on the board, one through thirty-six, I believe, right? One through thirty-six and double zero in America. In Europe, they only have the one zero. But anyway, that's how they get the odds when they throw the double zeros in there. Okay. Um. So when the people play inside, they play numbers. So you might play, ah, my favorite number is two. My favorite number is eight, blah, blah, blah. Now, the numbers one through 10 or whatever through the whole board is not how they are on the wheel. You know, they're completely okay. separate. So the, oh, the they, numbers, they break them up on the wheel. OK, the numbers on the wheel, they're all they're scattered all over the place. OK, but on the board, but on the uh, board where you bet, they're in order. So you think you're kind of betting and it makes you it makes you in that mindset where you think you're betting 17 and 18 next to each other, but they're not next to each other. They're spread okay. out. So what you want to do is you want to find like a quadrant of numbers that are next to each other and bet those. Oh, OK. Most. And so hopefully it'll bounce around that area. and You just hit that. You put like, you know, you bet them. You bet them by eights. So I think it's like eight or yeah, eight times four, 32, something like that. Or nine. nine OK. Nine times four, 36. OK. Hopefully you can find a croupier that's in on it and does the same little motion you know, every time. And if you and if you see how do they track the rec, you know, they track the ball up there. Yeah. And, and they show you the numbers and you're like, oh, well, hit red 10 times in a row. It's got to hit black next time. No, it doesn't. You can go red 50 times in a row. It doesn't matter because the last. Row, but if someone's but if you see some, a ball coming into the same like quadrant area, right. then you know, then, you know, the croupier has kind of got the same motion going on. And okay. it's, still a, it's still a ball bouncing around. I'm not saying this is a system by any means. Right. But it can help you. It can help you out. Um, odds wise, we can come closer to kind of like a belief. This makes more sense, because whenever I look at it, I'm just I look at it. It's just random. And I look, I'm like bouncing, mm-hmm. bouncing ball, bouncing yep. ball. I like the number 12. Yep. I don't even know where the number 12 is on that wheel. It's a so, right? uh, exactly. Yeah. It's a difference and, between memorizing a grocery list and memorizing a script, Jackie. And you, okay. were, and you being a thespian know that I'm you want to you want to put a continuity to it, put a story to it. You know, you yeah, you got to got to make choices. You got to make choices in, <laughs> in acting. You guys, I remember that from acting class. OK, can I so, say, by the way, I was um, I was emptying my file, uh, some of my memory, my computer to make to make room for this code and onto a hard drive. And your album is one of the only albums I have on my hard drive. That I got. Your oh, last my gosh. Album. Which one? The, the Staycation? Yeah, the Staycation. The last one. Oh. I was even on your Twitch live release party thing. What? Just because it was uh, COVID yeah, yeah. and all that and, stuff. Right, and, then, pushed. Uh, and now it's not anywhere. You can yeah. get it on Apple and iTunes, but uh, there's been some really? lawyers. Yeah. 
some lawyers and so it's not on spotify it's not on a serious and it's not on pandora i blame but- twitch that was the most embarrassed i got during uh the pandemic when i woke up and i had twitch downloaded on my phone i'm like what did, oh. I, do? What did I do last <laughs> night my good i gotta clean it's, up my life i wanted to start a twitch feed uh and then i did not commit so uh <laughs> i do other people's twitch feeds and they have uh hundreds of thousands of followers yeah. but the video game i play like you know how twitch is something where you can show your video game yes um Nobody wants to see my match three Marvel puzzle quest that I've been playing for six years. Uh, <laughs> you guys have just got to do character chasm. Anyway, they go to the long boxes on these characters. Get it out. Get the Twitch bits out, I said. Exactly. So you play and then craps is another thing. I learned how to play craps in Reno, mm-hmm. playing the Catch a Rising Star 100 yes. years ago. Back, at, back in the oldie days. And uh, there was I was just hanging out and I had like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was I think I might have been featuring. And um, so I was like, how do you play craps? And there was an old dude. He was like, nobody's playing. Will you play uh, another stack of chips? And I'll show you what to bet. on." Really? Who works yeah. for the casino? No, no, a dude. Just oh, a dude okay. who wanted to play he was at the table. He wants someone else at the table with yep. him. And, yep. he gave you, and he gave you a nice stack. Yeah, he gave a me young, a nice stack and he kind of told a me young ja- to a young featuring Jack. He batted her eyes and said, sure, exactly. Let's have let's, a night on town. Yeah, this guy's 67 years old. Let me <laughs> I'm in my I'm in my early yeah. 30s. And, a very uh, Demi Moore situation. And, sure. Uh, and, uh, Robert Redford at the table. Right. He might. That might have been the year it came out. God knows. <laughs> but um, I ended up um, trying to figure out and mm-hmm. and it moves so fast. It's a lot. And they, they can take your money very quickly. You can make yep. money very quickly, but sometimes you're just like, okay, put it down. And they just take it. Like, okay. Tell me, tell me what happened. You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't slow down fast. They, they do have, they did have classes at like 5 yeah. PM. It's, it's, you, you got to keep it simple. It's kind of like, um, I'll compare it to like a, a cockpit and an airplane where there's all those buttons, but you don't really need all those buttons. I say the pilots only use like three or four, maybe three or four, but a couple of them, you know what I mean? Right. You can't let, you can't let it all overwhelm you. You know what I mean? So a lot of that stuff there is just for emergency. And all a lot of those bets and craps are just for emergency. If you're super stuck, which is a right. time when you're down and you're super stuck, that's when you start betting like crazy, like snake eyes and stuff like that. And like all kinds of movies. If you right. keep it simple, it's a fun game. 7-Eleven, you can you can uh, you can know so what you're doing. You're just like because there's an, an outside rim and then there's an inside rim and then mm-hmm. there's a little couple of boxes. Yeah, where where things are happening, where you're like, well, I want it to be a, an eleven, but mm-hmm. only if it's a five six. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, right. You can so, do it those ways, but it, it's a very social game because you're but you're betting uh, with other players. You're betting, yeah. and you're all against the house, obviously. And you can bet for the players. You can actually bet against the players. Only jerks do that. Actually, a fun story. I was in Vegas one time years ago because uh, Kevin Garnett, speaking of Minnesota basketball yep. basketball player, he came right out of high school. And he had like, you know, a $200 million contract or something crazy like that. And this is when he was very young. Um, so I was at this craps table. It was only like a $5 table. Right. And he came over, Kevin Garnett, in a T-shirt and a diamond necklace that, you know, <laughs> looked like one right. of the biggest, that would probably be one of the biggest houses in Minnesota. He comes right. down, everyone's going to months, and I'm rolling the dice. And I'm not lying. He goes out, he slaps, he slaps some chips down the table, goes 50,000 against the roller and stared at me. And the whole table just stopped. 
Oh and, no. Yeah. And then he goes, nah, I'm just kidding. 20 bucks for you. And he threw it and he, <laughs> and he, and he threw 20 bucks. And, I, and, I, and I, I, my heart dropped and I'm like, Whew. and then of course I crapped out. He would have won $50,000. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, I, the only story I know from Las Vegas is that Greg Giraldo told me that when mm-hmm. he got his first deal, yeah. he spent three days in Las Vegas and uh, spent all of his deal money on yeah. booze and, and lost it all. Seventy five yeah. grand, something like that. And uh, when he came to uh, his wife had called him like 30 times. And uh-huh. at the end of it, she said, I'm taking the kids. You're never going to see him again unless you call me back. And so another tragic end. Another tragic end yeah, for a guy absolutely. who gambled and, and drank. What did happen to Jimmy the Greek, by the way? How <laughs> well, did he, Jimmy the Greek die? He died alone and penniless. And, oh, okay. Uh, sick. He has he has kids though and all that, but you know, kinda, okay. I mean, you know, kind of uh they, they, that's the gambler mentality. They have they um you think finish yourself? What, yeah, yeah, you finished how you came into the world. You know, you want to you want to be the same and just leave it all out there. You, you can't take it with you, as the old catchphrase the, used to be. Yeah, you can't take it with you. I don't know if you wanted to leave it uh, on a on a paisley patterned carpet in Las right. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I think his son but, probably uh, was like, well, I could have took it. <laughs> you know, you, you <laughs> right. didn't take it with you, but I could have grabbed it. You know, maybe uh, yeah, you don't help my family out. Right, right. You could have bought everybody a house. <laughs> so um, so the celebrity gamblers you wanted to talk about were Kenny sure. Rogers, Charles yep. Barkley and Norm Macdonald. Yeah, I will say that Norm Macdonald, speaking of which, just because that t- story ties in right there with Greg. Yeah. Trump, and he, of course, is a known known gambler. And he mm-hmm. he went bankrupt a couple times for, through gambling. OK. And one time he and then he answered. Does the that work? What's that going, like, going, going broke? I, I, you don't you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay anybody. Your your gambling debts. If you go bar, go. Bankrupt. Well, no, no, no. There's, I mean, what is debts? Debts. And he's just he just lost his money. He had money, you know, from his show and all that. OK. And then he was asked one time during an interview, like, you're a smart man. Norman. You know, how do you how could you lose your, all your money like that through gambling? And he's like and he and his answer is pretty clear of the of gambling mentality. He's like, well, when you have five hundred thousand dollars in your bank account, you know, and you lose four hundred and fifty thousand. The last thing you want to do is look at that last fifty thousand dollars because it just reminds you of how much money you used to have. <laughs> so I want to get rid of it. And he's tr- they're trying to get rid of that point. And once you go broke, wow. it's very liberating. And then you like you clap your hands, you walk outside like ah, it's finally over with. Wow. And he did that a couple of times. Wow. Norm. Mm-hmm. I know. OK. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he used to have a thing in his rider where you know, or when his writers, managers would tell him not, they would tell anytime he worked Vegas, don't give him any cash because he'll gamble it. Right. And uh, when he uh, recently passed, was it April? Was it something like that? I was out and uh, I was in doing Wise Guys, which is a new club in Vegas in the Arts, oh, dist- in the arts District. Yeah, new Wise yeah. Guys. Yeah. That's the best because it's off the it's off the strip. Absolutely. And there's and they're locals. There's people who aren't just there trying to, yeah. you know, kill an hour yep. from through comps. So mm-hmm. that was great. So we asked for money for that, like, like a thousand, but they they no one has cash like that anymore. But anyway, they gave us five hundred, so an honor norm, and then we ran it up. Uh we played craps actually downtown at the El Cortez. That's the only one where you could find like a cheaper table. Cause I okay, you know, yeah, you, you don't want it, you just want to have fun. I don't mm-hmm. want to. I'm not. That's why I like Reno better than Vegas. I never yep. think I'm going to meet Matt Damon. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we were looking for fun. We ran it up. We actually uh, got like got up like, like we tripled it up to like two thousand. Went back recently. Made, made like another uh, sports bet that won on the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, which they did. 
And then we went back. So this hat I'm wearing is oh. a uh, is a contest, Circa Casino, which is downtown Survivor okay. Contest. It's a thousand dollars to enter this contest, which I use my norm money for. Okay. It's for all football season long. You pick one team to win. Oh, uh, no point spread whatsoever. Just one win. You just, but you can't use the same team twice. Seems like an easy contest. And they put in yeah. like six, six million. So it's a big contest. And uh, long story short, uh, you want a team, hat? I got a hat. I paid a thousand dollars for this hat. <laughs> so he's looking at a thousand dollar ball. Oh my God. What is, uh, what is your football team of choice? Uh, I, was, I was a childhood fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's no stopping okay. them now. Oh yep. yeah. 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 You gotta, I know more about the Packers than, than I have ever cared. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, there, and of course I live in Chicago. I have a huge, uh, the, the bears. Packer fan bears and Packer fans, of course, were, Always a part of our lives. A lot of a lot, a lot of recrimination. I always wish that everybody <laughs> would win, and uh, statistically impossible. It turns out. Yeah, but that's very Midwestern. So, uh, so Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Yes, Kenny song. Rogers, the gambler. What a fun career that is too. When you have that song, such a hit song. So now you kind of have. I think he was kind of painting himself in a corner where he had to be a gambler. Like he <laughs> even knows if he wrote that song, you know. But like, all right, I guess I'm gonna do a, a mini series about it now, you know. And the whole right, thing. right. Like, like he had like ten albums, whatever, all based around the gambler. But mm-hmm. I do have a, a Kenny Rogers story, which Let's I do love the gambler. So, um, my uh, old manager is, was friends with Kenny Rogers' son, and the, and I think he's a uh, manager. Manage him, manage Kenny Rogers, whatever, doesn't matter. Point is, he's in the casino. He's just, this is how the story is being told through my manager. Um, they're in uh, Caesars in Las Vegas with Kenny Rogers, his son, a couple other people. And Kenny Rogers is playing blackjack and it's, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a lot of money in front of it, mm-hmm. in front of him. And a, and a crowd's gathering around because it's Kenny Rogers, you know? Sure. And he's playing, people are chanting his name, Kenny, Kenny, you know? Like they're, like they're, they're loving him. Like, I mean, yep. he's, lo- he's beloved everywhere he goes. It's Kenny yep. Rogers, he's a gambler. And uh, so eventually he's down a little bit, he's down a little bit. Next thing you know, he's got his stacks and he, he puts it all in for one big hand. And I think like he split it, whatever. It was like split eight something. And he had like, it was something like 40,000 each on the hand. So it was all in on this big, last big hand. And now the whole, I mean, there's a huge crowd. I don't know, Kenny, Kenny, you know. And then uh, dealer hits out, five card, hits 21. <gasps> Kenny busts, he loses it all. Right. Oh, you know, no, everyone's going. And Kenny, Kenny just puts his hand up. Folks, sometimes you just got to know when to walk away. And everyone's like, yeah, he lives the song, man. He does it, you know, like. And so he's going walking to the elevator, him, my manager, a couple of his son, you know, and I was like, Kenny, Kenny. And then like he's waving as the elevator, as the elevator door shuts. I was like, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. As soon as he does it, Kenny Rogers flips out, goes, motherfucker. It starts ripping apart the elevator. He's angry. <laughs> he's angry. He just lost eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, He just lost 80 grand. Yeah. The, the chicken, the chicken places weren't doing great at the time. He's taking the fire hydrant off and ripping it. Oh. So, so you imagine being security and watching them like, is that Kenny Rogers tearing up our elevator right now? <laughs> Did he just hit Beyonce's sister? What yeah. just happened? <laughs> but oh he kept gosh. but he kept the cool. You got to know when to walk away. Like, he lives the song, man. He lives the song, except mm. uh, he didn't live the song. He didn't. Live uh, he, did when, he did not know when to fold him. The, the, but what the, he the did not part. do. He did not reach for his wallet, uh, which we all appreciate uh, to grab another <laughs> 80 grand. So yes, that's uh, right. You don't chase. That's right. Sure. Right. That's uh, so uh, um, power. I kind of want to because we're uh, we're up against like, it. Yeah. We have like 15 minutes left. Really? You're right. <laughs> yeah. This does fly by. It really does. So 
the know, skip ahead powerful people who gambled away a fortune or Ooh, lost it all. Yes. Who do you yeah. love? Uh, I believe I put two, I put down two names on there. Um, Leonard Leonard Toast used to own the Philadelphia Eagles in the okay. uh, late 70s and early 80s. He is um, he's a great personality. I've always wanted to write a script about his life, but um, he uh, he owned the Philadelphia Eagles NFL okay. football team. Yep. Um, lived a high life, gambled away pretty much his entire fortune. He did a lot of good things. He started, I should say, very positive thing about him. Everyone loved him. He started the Ronald McDonald House, actually, which is still. Oh, did order. he? Did yeah. he own McDonald's? Was no, he no. McDonald's but Ron, he, just, he partnered with McDonald's for the Ronald okay. McDonald House, which houses, uh, what is it, families of cancer patients or kids who have yeah, cancer yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts and, them up and. and amazing yeah. charity. Amazing charity. So he. Um, but then he lost all his fortune in Atlantic City, basically. And, you know, like they would, he would go down after every games and they would. Oh, uh, Atlantic very, City. Right. It's so gross. It's so disgusting. They're doing amazing work with cold cuts, though. Have you ever had a sandwich there? <laughs> oh, of course. The White oh, House Grill had the best hoagies there. They have the best sticks. hoagies. And uh, but the crazy thing is, is uh, I couldn't I went every day to to it mm-hmm. and then one day I couldn't make it and I just wanted one of those sandwiches anyway and so I bought one on the boardwalk yeah and it was still amazing I don't <laughs> yes. know if it's, it's it's they never it, change and they never will there's I don't know what they're doing with the water with the bread it's with the, the with the with the slicing of the meats it's anyway the, it's, it's the, the only wa- good thing about Atlantic City though the, the boardwalk water. was very pretty yes it is uh, it, yeah hundred years ago, hundred years ago, I mentioned it was great when people were when horses were jumping off uh, <laughs> oh, but, off high right. dives and stuff and in, in the cups of water and stuff. And they were, right, right. William McKinley would go there. Right. And, and, there uh, anyway, babies, so. were, babies were eating saltwater taffy underneath the hermit crab. I don't know. But the point is, <laughs> that's right. You're from Jersey. Yeah. So so much Atlantic City, I'm sure, in your past. I think Drew Carey had that joke about the difference between Vegas Atlantic City is being conned buying uh conned by a beautiful uh, call girl and robbed by a crackhead or something but it's the same 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 results <laughs> sure same sure. result he probably have had it a better language than i just put it but no problem point is leonard um, toast leonard toast so yeah and then he, he he wound up suing the casino a lot of a lot of you'll see a lot of these uh whales who lose a ton of money they wound up suing the casino kind of a de- desperate move like he took advantage right. of me you you knew what i was going to do like i was going right. to keep giving me drinks i'm going to gamble and that's what's going to happen and then they never they never win but it's always it's always a fun shot why not right here it's <laughs> right it's like a hail mary of uh mm-hmm. i'm just like well maybe this will work maybe right. this will irritate them yeah and so okay so he, he tried that and he ended up they're not doing it. So he wound up having to sell this football team for like pennies on the dollar to this real jerk uh norman Bremen and um and one last like kick in the some story, like he was like eating at a restaurant, I believe. And Norman Brayman, who's taking advantage of him, was waiting on a table and it was raining outside. And he had like <laughs> and Leonard Toast just kept tipping the uh, the host one hundred dollars to keep him waiting outside in the rain <laughs> like, for, like, for like for a half an hour. It's like I can't do it anymore. It's like that's all right, you did plenty. And then that was like his last thing. Oh my god, that sounds like something my brother. He's one Russ of those guys do. And I remember yeah. in one of his last interviews, I asked him, if I was going to give you $100 million, what well, now would you do? And he's like, oh, I'd, I'd charter a boat back to the French Riviera. You know, like he'd go right back to Gantt. Of course, what I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to blow it. That's what, I'm yeah. gonna, that's, that's, what we, that's what we're wired to do. Right. My dad, for during COVID, I had, uh, my father likes to paint. It mm-hmm. is his hobby. He likes to paint in acrylics. He's, uh, he's got a lot of really fun 
very nice paintings. He, he can do all kinds of buildings because he was a print, you know, a signing salesman for a yes. thousand years. So he could constantly draw buildings, houses and stuff. But he also likes to draw like nature and birds and different, you know. And so a guy asked if my dad would draw Batman for him. He was like, I'd give him a hundred dollars if he could draw Batman. I was like, my father loves a hundred dollars. Uh, right. Yeah. hundred dollars plus shipping. My father will draw you Batman. So he drew Batman and yeah. then he sent the Batman to me. Uh, and then I sent it in the mail to the guy and it got lost. So hmm. my dad had to draw Batman twice. Bought two Batmans. And, right. He drew two Batmans. And then, but so he did it like I think like a dozen paintings over COVID just to keep him in the house. And I would send him more. I would Amazon him like canvases and, and acrylics. And um, Maria Bamford had him draw her parents. I was just going to say, I kind of want to, I wouldn't mind a, a draw. I'm sure. hundred dollars plus shipping. Rangers, any man, any man touts, touts slot machines and has a vacuum cleaner scam. He can draw a, Batman. That man can he, draw Batman. One of my favorite ones that somebody requested was that was a, um, was they wanted a Hogwarts castle. And my dad was like, the hell is Hogwarts? And I said, <laughs> just draw a castle then. And so right. he did this castle with like a Pegasus and a unicorn, yes. which inspired someone to say, can I just get a unicorn? And then my father, for some reason, has a depth perception problem and has mm. never been able to just draw a unicorn with the horn out. Mm. And so it's a fucked up horn, uh, unicorn. <laughs> I was the only one where I was like, you're That's not going to want this. Uh, it is art. I get yeah. it. But uh, the uh, and, and I always tell people, I'm like, you kind of get what you get. The unicorn right. when I was willing to spot somebody. But that was it. And uh, but the uh, the but for the most part, because somebody wanted a Godzilla. And hmm. I was like, my dad, who are all these people request? I love I love this. I love this. Client it was just on Instagram. It was Instagram. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And I just posted some of his pictures and I was like, does anyone want a painting? Yes. Yes. And so if you would at Rangers also. A small ad. My father would also still like a hundred dollars, uh, <laughs> though I did for a short amount of time charge two hundred dollars. But demand is down, you guys. Mm. So we're back down to a hundred bucks. I'm gonna buy the dip. Get in low on that number. I'm definitely that's it. request. So who's Maureen? Or, uh, this is the first woman. Yeah, first woman. There's couple. There's a couple women. She's one that makes my list. She was the mayor of San Diego. Maureen O'Connor, I believe. Right? Is okay. that her name? She was yeah. the mayor of San Diego in the '80s. She lost. She lost about 15 minutes. This is why she's a great politician, though. She lost about 15 million all in video poker, which is uh, wow, lonely. Pretty video insane. Poker. Yeah, video poker. And I kind of get that, though, because those are they definitely hit the senses of addiction and like where it's just machines and numbers and the colors and lights. You can see where like you can see where you just lose track of humanity and you're just punching machine. But but the thing about her is she gambled, like put money into play over a billion dollars lifetime of ga- of actually gambling what? So, for, so for her to only lose 15 million <laughs> she actually I mean, <laughs> i'm gonna say she's pretty good at it but that's why she's a politician she's great at hedging mid- risk and reward you know she knows, how, <laughs> she knows how to like you know not risk much but while uh you know while still getting to play putting a lot of play and she can she can move she can move money around as a politician i mean she was a mayor of san diego wow. only 15 million from video poker wow and do, where the hell did she are any of these people still alive? Yeah, a lot of them are alive, which is uh, that's um, amazing. Pretty amazing. So, Not Norm, of course, uh, or Kenny. Right, um, right. So <laughs> legends who lost it all. Legends um, who lost all. These are these are uh, the big kind gamblers. Um, the Earl of Sandwich. The Earl of Sandwich. Well, he's definitely he's from Ethiopia. He claims he invented the sandwich. 
Um, but the Earl of Sandwich invented the sandwich, didn't but he? But he claims he is the Earl of Sandwich. And the, but he, he, there's a there's a debate over that. But he's from playing poker because he said he said, bring me meat one two bread so he, so he could stay at the table and play for, okay. day, for days on end. So oh, this guy, this is like the old timey, like 1700. Yes, yes. Earl yes, of Sandwich. Right. He is your old sandwich, but he, but, but he said he invents it through poker. Okay. Which uh, I like a lot, a lot of the stories of inventing of foods like that, where everything's just jammed into one thing. It's just so you could keep on going for sessions, either driving trucks or gambling or whatever. It's just so I just got to go. Life is just the way it is. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time to talk or separate items. No plate or utensils. Just shove it thing into my face so I can be so I won't Continue pass out this week. To, exactly. Right. Exactly. So I don't die of malnutrition at the table. Mm-hmm. What about Archie Karras? Karras? Yes. Archie Karras, also Greek, of course. Oh, yeah. That's a Greek name. But yeah. it's like one of the short ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, um, let's see. He, he has an amazing story. He made, he went on one of the sickest runs ever, sickest and good, um, $40 million in three weeks from $10,000. He, he, he borrowed, he, he borrowed $10,000 from somebody, turned that into 30 real quick, paid the guy back, and he ran that up to basically $40 million. Wow. In three weeks, poker, some games. And then he started getting away from it. Like he would just put money on the table. He, he wouldn't even like ask challenge, but he would just put money on his table, sit by himself and wait for people to come up and play him. And you'd play some of the best people like Stu Unger and, and win. Right. But, but then he was like, like any sicko that can run that up to 40 million. He lost it all. Um, like, like it just as quickly or just as quickly. And like, he is almost proud because he went right to, he won't write the games where he had no chance. Like, like you said, like, like roulette and whatever. And, and not what did, what did he do for a living? Well, <laughs> besides win and lose $40 billion. Yeah. This he's uh, none of these people that we talk about do anything for a living, but they, you know, they, they, live, <laughs> they live for the action. I mean, people, people have time to actually do a nine to five and like have contribute to society. Are, yeah. Aren't Are, collecting all of Binion's five thousand dollar denomination chips, which he did one time. Here well, was I this, knew a guy. Okay, go ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to. Here's this quote, real quick, of how he because I want to ask, how did you possibly lose forty million dollars? Yeah, and he's like, you got to understand something. There's a lot of gamblers. Money means nothing to me. I don't value it. I've had all the material things I could ever want. Everything, things that I want, money can't buy. Health, freedom, love, happiness, which I'm sure you don't care. I don't care about money, so I have no fear. So I don't care if I lose it. I enjoy losing it. And that's the thing. A lot of people do enjoy losing it. Which is huh. weird because when that, it, when when they're win, they're not that happy. When they lose, they're like that. This feels right, you know. Well, to some extent, it feels like it feels like something. Yes, like they're yes. not feeling anything, and right. when they lose, they at least have some sort of weird emotion. The money is just a way to keep scores. They say the juice is the the action is the juice for them. Okay, that, tell your tell your story. That was coming up. Sorry, it was uh, no no. That's uh, this guy that I. I mean, I knew a couple of guys who were brothers and in the early to the late nineties, early two thousands, they did day trading, mm-hmm. which as far as I could tell is gambling. Yes. You know, I mean, it there's sure so, and, and they would work these day jobs like 60, 80 hour weeks to get a, a nut, right. Mm-hmm. To get, to get yep. a little uh, like 10 grand and then they would day trade and then they would make, you know, 60 or a hundred grand. Right. And then they wouldn't. They get off the day trading, they'd cash out and live on it until they ran out of money. And then they would get a shit job painting houses or 
yeah. shoveling sand or whatever, right. make 10 grand and do it again. Yeah, man, I, I can and, see that. And it actually, it felt like, I mean, living your life, like they did get to sit around a bunch and play video games and, you know, go stare at the ocean. Uh, but it did not. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, um, it's a thing about not following orders and that kind of thing. I, I mean, we obviously live that in, through comedy and stuff like that, where you just, you know, it's a different path where they just can't, they just can't live, you know, a normal right. life. Right. It's just, yeah. You know, they, it's funny to, to go back real quick to uh, that Billy Walters guy, the guy who started his nine, who's yeah. the all-time, all-time best sports gambler of all time, money-wise. He's actually in jail right now for not from sports gambling because he, he retired on that and went into trading like you're saying and he did like some insider trading he did it for a couple of years and i think that's kind of funny like when like someone who's a gambler's entire life tries to go legit they don't know how to do it right <laughs> so they do it and then you know he, and then he ends he, up cheating yeah and he didn't need the money but he wants an advantage you know what i mean he wanted that gambling advantage that he had in gambling yeah so he does the cheating and he gets caught and now he's doing like four years or something like that that is nuts. Um, yes. By the way, I am talking with uh, CJ Sullivan, mm. uh, CJ Sullivan comedy.com at CJ Sullivan was taken. Uh, that'll yes. be in the notes uh, yes. on um, Instagram. You have a podcast called the blackout diaries on Starburn. Mm-hmm. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts and you have a new comedy album called what am I complaining about? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I also want to add real quick. I just yeah. started doing a, a fortis thing where I went to Vegas for the thousand dollar hat that I bought. Yep. I'm also doing a podcast called my bottom line bombs where I kind of make fun of touts who like say this is a guaranteed bomb to hit. That's a podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. So that's, oh. every, that's every Friday. Oh, there you go. I just that's only going to go for this NFL season. It's kind of a, kind of a passion project. OK, so, yeah, it's a, it's a series. It's just a it is. It'll be uh, it'll be one before every Friday before the NFL games. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it, I do. I do. I pick five games a week and I but I tell it through like I, I look for the bit like a joke within the yeah. game matchup and hopefully like a pick will come out of the, the I look for the joke first. Then the pick comes. doesn't work out great for me because that's uh, not the best way to do it. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have fun with it. I always right, look for right. the bit first, you know. Right. OK, so take that as a great assault. Would you listen yes. to that podcast? Absolutely. What's the Absolutely. name of it again? Bottom line bombs on bottom sports, line bombs on the sports gambling podcast network. Right on. And now uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, okay. What about Stu Unger, gin oh. rummy legend, gin rummy legend. He has a tra- he had a tragic. He was like the Stevie Ray Vaughan, if you will, of gamblers. He was like this legend. He died from just absolute uh, drug abuse and things like that, okay. which happens. But he was known as like the most talented poker player, just card player of all time. He was a gin rummy legend, like came up in New York, like as a kid. He was called Stu the Kid. Oh, OK. Um, there's a horrible, horrible movie, bio movie about him with Michael Imperioli plays Stu Unger, uh, uh, The Sopranos, um, Michael Imperioli. Um, yeah. Christopher and The Sopranos. Plays oh, him. right. It was it was a Stars original movie before Stars was even Stars. And it's what's it's, it called? Um, the Stu Unger, the Stu Unger Stu- story. Just oh, my like, God. I looked at I mean, just looked that up. It's just uh, there's an actual title for it. But the, the Stu Unger story under the. Quality. okay but he was a legend he was like he won back-to-back world series one time like they found him on the streets because he's so in drug abuse and some guy uh propped him up gave him money to enter the world series and he wound up winning it outside like he was just like wow he's just one of those guys right right just uh imagine if he had just you know not been that guy 
just had sort of gotten his shit together. Yeah, and then um, it comes over like, but but that's what he needed to be him. No, actually, you didn't. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. I'm going to die in my bread bed of old age that's what's gonna happen <laughs> right. it's gonna be nice uh so what about the mad genius that is mike caro mike caro is an interesting one because he was the first one he's he um is the birth of tells basically he wrote the he wrote the quintessential book of the book of tells it's called where he doesn't really teach poker as far i mean obviously he can play poker but he was the first one who could play poker without looking at the cards and he just told he studied human nature and like how to read a person and everything okay. people know from reading people is comes from his book, Mike Carroll's book. It tells oh, okay. basically, it basically comes down to like strength equals weakness and weakness equals strength. So if you say, oh, I got a good hand, they don't have a good hand. And then there's just variations of that. OK. And, and it's funny because actors um, got into poker, obviously, when poker got big and they're the worst poker players because they overact. You would think, oh, you need to be a good actor, <laughs> but you don't want to be an actor. You would be like, Whoa, look at this one right here. So like, yeah. Yeah, obviously, you know, like, okay, Toby Maguire, we get it. You, have a, you, have a bad, you got a bad hand. Right. And then they all wanted to do movies where they played that they were really good at it. Yep, I know. It was, and, what a uh, weird thing that was. That was a brother yeah, thing. They don't that was do. a super. Yeah. So how about Texas Dolly? Texas Dolly, Doyle Brunson. He's the legend. Uh, him and uh, Amarillo, Amarillo Slim. Yep. Amro Slim. Now, you, you hear the word Amro Slim, you'd think, well, he's from the 1800s, right? Now, right. He, he died like five years ago. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And he was all Amro Slim. The hat, both of them were both of them like uh, just Texas poker players. And um, they have amazing like stories like that. And then they came to Vegas and started the World Series of Poker basically by playing back back when they would just like play heads up for like weeks on end. And that's what it became. And like they, they just couldn't believe gambling was legitimate. In Las Vegas, you know, right. Then, so they they they're the godfathers of the poker scene before before the TV era. It was Doyle Brunson, Emerald Slim, and a bunch of guys like that. But, okay, um, but just just you need. I think a good poker. You need a name like Texas Dolly, Emerald Slim. Any kind of anytime there's a city in there. I mean, just those names are just they're, they don't have these guys anymore. You right, know? right. And, and that's what I do miss about playing poker when I used to play poker all the time. Is like you do meet some amazing characters that you just can't believe where they come from and their stories and their right. Know, Right. It's I mean, it's such a it's it's such a crazy um, like all of those personalities. Like I, I talk about uh, my dad. I was like, man, those skidballs that you hung out with, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, those were they were fascinating people. Yeah. And they were, you know, and I was like, so who are you hanging out now? He's like, now I got to hang out with 30 year old dirtbag. <laughs> and uh, I was like, it seems like a lot of work, dad. And uh, but so. There's a book that I read that I gave my dad that because it it was amazing. And um, Meyer Lansky, it's the story of Meyer Lansky, one of the founders of Las Vegas, uh, who tried to turn Havana into Las Vegas. And it's called Havana Nocturne, Nocturne, less in nighttime. And it's about Meyer Lansky and um, and the and the the mob guys, right? The uh, Lucky Luciano. And the whole and, uh, Godfather 2 is about that when I went down to Cuba, right? All right, right. And this mm-hmm. is literally just um, it's 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 an easy read, which I yeah. love, you know, yeah. in a nonfiction sure. kind of memoir thing. Sure. And um, but if people want to know about more like books to read and stuff, I think that they might like the two for the money or the Stu Unger story. Yeah, if for sure. Like, Always can't be, can't be kind of tales of 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 weird gambling. Right. And, and there's a lot of movies, obviously, but they never really get it right. There's, very, there's some good gambling movies that are good movies, but they never really get gambling 
itself right which is kind of always fun it's always funny to me like they would never you'd think you would have some consultant on there you know on set that well, would say, I, i've never thought that they've gotten any stand-up right so yeah no exactly the same thing like, like punchline like, where, yeah, where, where, where these locker rooms coming from? <laughs> What what about the polka dot one where yeah. she wore polka dots and that was her hook? And you're like, all right, I think it was also all right. Never right. mind. Well, it was and, the 80s, I guess. People got sick downs for having well, a and voice. now there's now there's hacks and there's Miss Maisel and there's mm-hmm. a thousand other things. And right. you're like the one That's that was what, set at the store that uh that that was dying up here of, or something. Yeah, dying up here. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's fine. Uh, but there is some sort of intangible that there's a certain kind of like they think that they're getting it when they add like a layer of sadness mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and well, you're like that's not it no i know they're in, love, they're in love with that narrative of the you know the depressed comic or whatever and the addicted comic and things like right. that and and, so, and and the the, the dark dual life of making people right. i mean right. I, yeah, I think like uh the coen brothers um mob movie with the one that was crossing miller's crossing mm-hmm. was the one that felt like it was the most real yes of how terrifying it would be to be in the mob <laughs> right. and uh and how it was such a sort of a dead end and you're like well i guess i'm going to party as hard as i can <laughs> because i'm going to be left in the woods yeah and yeah, uh a with a bag of porn i assume <laughs> and uh <laughs> so i can only hope <laughs> <laughs> right, please. <laughs> Except for you'll be dead. You won't be able to read those playboys. Uh, CJ, so that's how the mob been a delight. That's how the mob great, Jackie. Thank you for having me. This I is appreciate uh, it. I'm amazing. I can't wait to watch the episode with Sean. We had a blackout diary partner. How did he pronounce your name, by the way? I just curious. It's Cation, like Stacey. I know, I know how yeah. you pronounce it. But I'm, yeah, how did, no, he, how did Sean pronounce it? He didn't, he didn't pronounce it at all. He didn't. He no, no, at, at no time did he say my last name. That's fine. Uh, he just said Jackie. Because usually, uh, yeah, that's what I was asking. How do you pronounce your first name? Because it's how bad he is at pronouncing your name. <laughs> it's uh, here it is, you guys. The, the it's the it's it's the ribbing that goes along with having a partner in in uh, yeah, in podcasting. Right? Yeah, uh, we, and especially podcast. when they're not on. That's part. Of, that's why you brought up. That's um, it. Lori. You brought exactly. up Lori. You know? I brought up Lori. The Blackout Diaries, the Jackie and Lori Show. Yes. Uh, what am I complaining about? And then um, the name of what's uh, what's Sean's. Uh, what's Sean's book called? Sean's book uh, places, places, places can't, can't return to. That's it. I wrote the foreword on that one, by the way, the forewarning word in that. So, which I debate, which I argue is actually tougher than writing the whole book because you only have a little <laughs> opportunity to get it good. Yeah, you, know, you, you can you can waste chapters. You know who cares? Keep it tight. Keep right. it tight. You got to keep it tight. All right, and we got to go. But uh, Rangers, right. you know the rules out there. You, you take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?